Our Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that you be with us today, that you be with us and open up our hearts, our minds, our very being to your message that is found in the Bible. May we know with certainty and truth what you would have us understand today. Lord, help us to listen, to attend, to integrate, to have our lives changed by your presence today. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Now we are in our sixth week on our message series called Identity, where we are looking at uh, the book of, well, the letter to the Ephesian church. So the book of Ephesians. Um, and we have been focusing and seeing how Paul had been laying the found, foundation framework uh, for actually your identity in Christ. Last week, we started looking into into chapter 4 where Paul switches instead of talking a little bit about uh, the, the ideas behind things he becomes very practical and this week is practical again as we look at the first section of Ephesians chapter 5 we're going to be looking at verses 1 through to 20 and it's really practical advice that Paul is actually offering to the people in the church at Ephesus but also to the people in the church here today and all throughout the world. But let me say up front, the Apostle Paul doesn't actually hold back on his advice. He actually comes down as being very direct, very upfront, and to the point. And the thing is, when people are to the point and upfront and direct with advice on how you should live, there are times that some of us don't want to hear that. Have you ever noticed that when somebody says, you know, you should do it this way, and you've been going in a different direction, your first initial response is, I don't want to listen to you. I know better. How, how many people have ever had that kind of response? Never. Never. Oh, great. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'm sure we have. I'm sure we all have that. Some of us that maybe have said never might be even more so that way. So... <laughs> I won't go, won't go too far into that. We'll leave that there. But see, the thing is, people do get upset when people tell you what way to go. It's about what is our heart when we listen to what people are saying. So what I want us to do is open our minds and our hearts to what Paul is saying and actually listen to what he's saying. And sometimes when, when we listen to what is, going, what is said in the Scriptures, what is said in the Bible that God uses that to convict us of a behaviour that we may have. And he wants to correct that. Now, I'm not saying that any of you today actually have the behaviours that Paul is saying that we might need to correct, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but let's listen into what it's saying for us. We're going to jump, first of all, into the very first part, which is our key verse, key point in, in actually hearing what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus, and it comes from uh, Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, and it says, Imitate God, right at the ball, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. So what are we meant to do? 
imitate God because we are God's children. Now, it's interesting to note, as we, I just want to pause there, it's interesting to note that, you know, as much as, as you want to live your own life, I know that I do things that my parents have always done. Um, just patterns of behaviours, the way we do stuff. We imitate our family. Some of us try and break free from some of those things um, and then you find later down in life that you're doing exactly what you're breaking free from and, try and doing the same things that they have been doing. But what we're saying is imitate God because we are God's children. Live a life filled with love. What great advice. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, uh, as a pleasing aroma to God. So this kind of brings me to this question that I want us to actually grapple with today. What does it mean, well, it's actually two questions, what does it mean for you to live a life filled with love? What does it mean to live a life filled with love? What does that look like for you? What is it that Paul is telling the church and us to do? What does it mean to follow the example of Christ? So to actually do what Christ has done. And I'm going to break it down into four points. I know this kind of breaks the kind of rules of sermons. There should be three points, but we've got, we've got four out of this. Um, but I'm going to break it down for you in that way. The first is this. We need to live a life... See, living a life filled with love is actually practical. The first thing we actually have to understand, it's a practical thing. It's not a theoretical thing. It's not about your intentions. Let me say, intentions are great. Intentions are important. The reason we do something is actually important. So when, when we're wanting to imitate God, the reason we do it is because we are loved by God, because we're one by God. It's not to try and gain salvation through the actions that we do. So the reasons we do it are important, but we do it because we want to please God. We want to live like God. We want to be a part of God's life for us, and it changes us. And that's actually our second point. So we need to live a life that is practical. It's not just about the theory. It's not just about going, oh, well, and you know this. Have you ever met somebody that has um, said they're going to do something and never actually get around to doing it? You know, they've got all the greatest of intentions, but they actually don't get to the point of actually carrying out those intentions. So, you know, as much as the intentions were wonderful, the practicality wasn't there. So, you know, to live a life filled with love actually means that we need to be practical. You actually need to live that life, not just think that you're going to do it, not just intend to do it, but to actually do it. So as I said, the, the, the second thing is this. See, living a life filled with love is actually life-changing. So we actually need to move from intention, we need to get practical, and it changes us. You know, this is what it actually means to be a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ, that we actually imitate God, we actually follow the example of Jesus, and as we follow that example, it is life-changing. Now, a number of us have been off to 
um, what's known as a building disciple, discipling culture conference a little while ago. And one of the things that they talked about, and I'm just going to put a little diagram up on the screens for you, um, is actually how we start to integrate and actually make these things and how our life changes as we do stuff. And, and, and this is it. Um, I just want to put it up there. See, I'm here talking about the importance of following God. That's information. So we can get information. As we read the Bible, we get information. We can intend to do what the Bible is saying. That's still information. Until we make it practical, we need to actually imitate. We actually do the behaviour that the Bible is talking for us to do. So we get the information we go, yes, I, I want to do this. I want to actually follow this. The next step is to actually imitate it. And as you imitate it, you actually start to integrate that into your life. As you do the patterns of behaviour that Paul talks about here, that throughout the Bible talks about, it actually integrates into you as a person and your life is changed because your patterns of behaviour were no longer what it was but is something new. It's so important for us to take our knowledge, put that into behaviour, and that leads to life change. See, when we live a life filled with love, according to what the Bible says, according to the way we're meant to do this, it is life-changing. See, Paul is encouraging the church and the people in the church, that is us, to actually put our knowledge of Jesus into practical action. Behaviour that is imitatable. Behaviour that can be lived out each day. Can be challenging for us to live out. And let, let me put it up on the screen for you. Let me put up his first practical vices about how to live a life filled with love. And it, it just follows straight on. Um, and it's Ephesians 5 verses 3 to 5. And it says, let there be no sexual immorality. Notice how I said Paul was not being blunt. He was being straightforward right up the front. Don't, don't let there be impurity or greed among you. They're big things, aren't they? Big things for us to actually live our life by. How do we, how do we define those? Now, I don't want this to be a, you know, a message about uh, sexual immorality or purity or any of those kind of things. I want you to take those on boards as words for yourselves and actually figure out what it means in your life. And if we need to, we can actually delve into that a little bit later. But it actually, you know, it's actually being pure in our thoughts and minds, not being um, deviant in our attitudes. Such sins have no place amongst God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talks, coarse jokes, these are not for you. So it's not even just going about you know, the sexual things or impurity or greed or any of those things. It's even just about the languages and the the stories that we have, that we share, that we listen to, that we read, all those kind of things, the, the language that we use, he's saying, it's not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. So, and I think that's so amazing. You know, and, and I've been talking this, and this is actually one of my big talking points at the moment across the church, as I speak to other places around the church, is that we need to come from a place of thankfulness. We need to change the patterns of our behaviour, our language, what we do. Notice it's taking it from mind, thought, intention into actually imitating this. So if we want to be thankful, don't start with negative. 
Start with the positive. Start with the thankfulness. Start your day with thankfulness. Start your day thanking God for, for being a part of the world and leading you to this place. You can be sure that no immoral, impure or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an adulterer worshipping the things of this world. And that's you really focusing that on the greedy person, that they are an adulterer. In other words, they're placing something above God. They're placing their, their need to get wealth, their money, their, whatever it is that they are greedy with. They're placing that above what God and who God is in their life. They want that more than God. See, and, and let me get my personal for you uh, about, about my life um, for a moment. This week we've been having toilet paper gate, haven't we? <laughs> you know, have, have, you, have you been to the shops lately? Have you noticed how that some people have been able to uh, walk out with more than one roll of toilet paper, one pack of toilet paper? And, and I've, I've had some great conversations with some of the um, staff at the shopping centre um, that I go to when I do the, the groceries. And it was really interesting that, you know, people are trying to abuse the system and everything else like that. And, you know, and during that time, you know, my brain works and, and thinks, oh, you could make something really funny, you could make something really kind of crude kind of joke or anything like that. And if you've ever been online, things, there are lots of them out there, aren't there? Um, and, and I thought about, you know, writing and posting something, maybe even creating something. And I thought about posting online and it was, you know, it's a little bit crude. Um, but what I did is I checked myself. I said, this is not what I want to do. Is this actually what I want to post? Is this actually who I am? Is this actually a reflection of God in this situation? It actually got me wondering what is going on in those people's lives that felt they needed to get all that toilet paper, that they were scared and afraid in that situation. It actually made me... and it, What it did is it changed my mind. Rather than being crude and angry, I checked myself and I said, what is the behaviour that I should have? And I changed it. I was sitting around, you know, at home, ch chatting with Annie about a few things. There was a couple of times I wanted to just, you know, fire off a quick crude joke about the toilet papers because we were doing that kind of things. And, and Annie couldn't actually attest. I didn't say any of those. I thought them in my head and they went, no, that's not right. Let's not do this. It's about checking your patterns of behaviour. When we look at these things, you know, whether it's sexual immorality, impurity, greed, uh, obscene storage, foolish talks, coarse jokes, those kind of things, just it's, it's actually saying your heart needs to change, the things inside you needs to change. Focus on God, not on those things. All those things take you away. Focus on God. And it's actually a really important thing to check your behaviour. So if you've got issues with a certain thing, it's about checking that behaviour, putting that practice into behaviour, into action. So it's that information you know it's not good for you, you then need to put in a behaviour that puts that information into practice and over time it actually creates a life change for you. It's integrated into who you are. 
The third point is this. Living a life filled with love means that we are not making excuses. That we don't make excuses for the reasons why we haven't done something. We don't make excuses for why we can't do something based off what God wants us to do. And let's just jump straight into Ephesians, you know, just moving straight on into, into verse 6, and we're going to go through to the first part of verse 14, and it says this. Don't be fooled by those who try to, what? To excuse their sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. So in other words, don't make excuses about why you're sinning. Realise that that's what you've done. Check the behaviour and change and do what God wants you to do. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you are what? You are full of the light of love, of the Lord. So live as people of light. So in other words, live as people who know who Jesus Christ is. Live as though the light of Christ is flowing through you. For this light within you will produce only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. As I said, Paul is pretty straightforward, pretty much to the point on this. And I know we, everybody does it. We all do this. We may have done something that we know that is not within the way God wants us to live and we all, we all make mistakes. We all fall down. Um, if we're struggling with a particular area, there'll be times when we don't quite get it, when the light pattern of our life is wrong or something just comes on and you fall into that temptation. Don't make excuses and continue on in that behaviour. Check the behaviour, come back to what God wants you and the way God wants you to live. It's actually really practical. It's hard, let me say it's hard, to change your behaviour. It, it actually requires energy and effort and concentration and not just to flow with it. And, and it also is even harder when you are with people that continue to encourage that behaviour, the, the behaviour you want to change. It's the hardest thing to live a life of love from God in a world that wants to pull God apart because they just want to drag you down to where they are. So you need to be able to get strong. You need to be create your, you know, your ways of doing that. I once remember um, one of the preachers I know really know well that uh, they talked about one of the things they do um, to avert themselves from sexual immorality. And, and, you know, they go to the gym and he actually says he needs to avert his eyes um, at certain times so that he continues on a pattern of behaviour that helps him that doesn't take him to another place that he doesn't want to go. So it's actually about integrating those patterns of behaviours in your life that will make a big change. The fourth point that, that I want to draw out of what Paul is saying in this, this chapter within Ephesians, uh, this first section of chapter 5, is that living a life 
filled with love means that you take every opportunity to exercise this behaviour. That you actually don't put it on the back burner, that you don't say, I'll do it another day, um, it's okay, let me see. You take every opportunity to exercise the behaviour. Let me, let, me put, let me draw out what Paul says and let me talk to them briefly about it. He says, be careful on how you live. This is from verse 15. Be careful on how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So in other words, all the patterns of behaviour, the way you live day in, day out, the times when you're alone by yourself, the times when you're with people within the church, which will encourage you, hopefully, into great patterns of behaviour, I want to say more than hopefully, that will encourage you. Yes? yes. Good, 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 good. I'm glad, I'm glad you are going to be encouraging one another into great patterns of behaviour that are following, following God. Um, but it's also when you are with those who want to discourage those patterns of behaviour. You need to live as wise, not foolish people because you know the knowledge. You know what God wants you to do. So you're not ignorant. You just have to actually make that choice. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So know what it is God wants you to do. You know, actually delve into the Bible and understand what God wants you to do. Delve into prayer and listen to what God is saying to you in this moment right now. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourself and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So don't let things dull your mind, ruin your patterns of behaviour. Paul doesn't say don't drink wine. He says don't be drunk. So don't get to the point where you are not able to control your behaviour. And that goes with a whole range of things, not just wine, not just any of those kind of things. It goes with everything that becomes addictive. Don't let it take over. Don't let it control your patterns of behaviour because you know you are not foolish. You are, you are smart, you are clever, you are wise because you know what God wants you to do. I said this is, this is powerful, this is big, this is important. It's interesting to note because there was actually a study done um, that was actually published in the European Journal of uh, Social Psychology back in 2009 that actually says for patterns of behaviours to become uh, something that happens in a person, to form a new habit, it takes anywhere between, anybody got a good guess on this one? How long does it take to form a pattern behaviour? Four to six weeks, yep. It actually takes anywhere between, depending on the person, 18 days and 254 days. So that's pretty big, but on average it's 60 days, 66 days, sorry, 66 days for a new pattern of behaviour to become automatic. And by automatic it means that you don't think about it anymore. You know when you first get into a car, the first thing you do is you put your seatbelt on. It's just something you automatic. You don't think about it anymore. If you've been driving for years, you just grab that seatbelt, put it on, and then you get going. You don't think about it because why? Because there's a pattern of behaviour that repeated time and time and time again till it becomes automatic. 
You don't think about it. And that's the behaviour that we're trying to say. You need to keep on exercising this behaviour, keep on doing it, taking every opportunity to have the good behaviour that God wants you to have and it will become automatic. No matter what situation you're in, it will become automatic. For some of us, it will become very quick, 18 days and others, you are going to have to work at it for up to a year to make it happen and maybe even sometimes even longer. And there'll be times that you'll go backwards and sometimes you'll you know, fall down on it, but keep those patterns of behaviour happening. So applying this, what Paul is saying, to the church, that we need to use it, that we need to make every opportunity to put our behaviour into action, behaviour into practice. So if you're wanting to change the way you talk and not to use foul language just as Paul is actually saying, then don't just do it in the church circles. Do it every time you speak. Change that pattern of behaviour with your friends, your family, at work, in the pub, online, all those kind of things. See, language is not just the word you say now, it is everything that you do. The more opportunity that you take, the more it becomes part of your life, the more it becomes integrated into who you are. Come back to that, that, that initial diagram or little application. We have our information, we have our knowledge. We imitate what God wants us to do. We imitate those who are great Christian characters in our life. So it's behaviour and then it, it's integrated into us. It, it becomes that change for us to live our life according to God. So what are we to do? What are we to do? As Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, imitate God in everything you do. Because why? Because you are God's dear children. Because Christ has won you with a great high price and he wants to have that close personal relationship with you. Live a life that is filled with love. Love that is found by doing and imitating Jesus Christ. Following the example of Christ. Because he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us as a pleasing aroma to God. Let's just pray. Now Lord God, we just give you thanks for this moment. To be able to hear your word found in Ephesians. Help us to understand how that applies for our lives. Help us to understand what that means for us to live a life that is filled with love, filled with the love of God. Help us to, that our life will imitate what Christ has done. Help us to know who Jesus is. Help us to understand how our lives can be changed, renewed, restored because of who Christ is. Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit be upon us now and continuing to guide us and lead us in all that we do. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.